Hello, and welcome to the Elk River Lutheran Church Powered by Love podcast, recorded in beautiful downtown Elk River, Minnesota, right on the banks of the Mississippi River. Today we'll explore the Bible, life, and faith. So sit back, relax, and enjoy some sacred wit. To be powered by love is a spiritual thing, more than a feeling. To be powered by love Don't take money Don't take fame Don't take no credit card To ride this train It's strong and sudden It's cruel sometimes But it might just save Your life To be powered by love We continue now with the reading Of the Christmas story From Luke chapter 2 In those days, a decree went out from the Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, "'Do not be afraid.' For see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and had gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place which the Lord has made known to us. And so they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told to them. Here ends our reading. Well, we're going to continue with the children's message. And for this, I'm not going to invite the kids to come forward. You guys can stay kind of with your families where you are. But this message is for you, and I even have some little goodies and gifts for you that I'm wondering if maybe the ushers can go and get from the sound booth and hand out. Because after all, this is a party, so we need some prizes for the kids. We need a cake, and we need to sing happy birthday, right? So kids, whose birthday is it? Jesus, you knew it. So let's sing happy birthday to Jesus. Ready, everybody? Here we go. a lot of candles 2021 
Okay, so now Jesus, it's your turn, ready to blow out the candles. Okay, Jesus, blow out the candles. Oh no. You guys, where's Jesus? Didn't we even invite him to his own birthday party? Oh no. Well, oh, I guess Jesus isn't here. Or is he? This is what I'm excited to talk about and share is that Jesus is here. Even if he's not jumping out from around the Christmas tree, Jesus is here with us because part of what we celebrate with Christmas is the promise of what we call the incarnation, a big fancy word for saying that God is here with us in this world. And the way that God chooses to most appear to the world is through us us. Isn't that amazing? And so what better way to help kids understand this from a, than from a quote from a fourth century church father? Are you ready? Here it is. This is Athanasius, the bishop of Alexandria, 1700 years ago said this, God in Christ became the bearer of flesh for a time so that humanity could become the bearer of spirit forever. What that means is the way that God chooses to show up in this world the most these days is through all of you, through all of us. The way that God brings hope and love and peace and joy to the world here today is through us. And so we are the hands and feet of Jesus. We get to be that hope and love and joy and peace for the people around us. So with that in mind, I need someone to come blow out these candles because you're a part of who Jesus is. So yeah, come on up. Yeah, yeah, you. I, you're the first to raise your hand. You get to be the hands and feet of Jesus and the lungs of Jesus. What's your name? Sawyer. Go ahead and blow out these candles and the cake. Yes. Oh, we got a couple left. There we go. Well done. <laughs> All right. And so we're celebrating the ways that <laughs> we're the cake started on fire. If you, in case you can't see exactly, that's what happens when you put, like I said, 2,000 candles on a birthday cake. It's a lot. Uh, so uh, we are celebrating this good news that God is in our midst, that Jesus is here in spirit and with us incarnate. And so. Let's celebrate that by singing together. Let's sing Go Tell It on the Mountain. And the kids have some clappers. Let's all stand as you're able and join the Rots family band in singing Go Tell It on the Mountain. One, two, Thank you, Roth's family, and thank you all for clapping and singing along. You can be seated. 
And it can't possibly be a bad idea to hand every kid a noisemaker before the sermon, can it? I'm sure this will be fine. It'll be fine. (laughs) Well, so here's what I've been thinking about a lot this Christmas. I have been thinking, I just want a normal Christmas. I just want Christmas to be normal this year. Maybe I'm alone in this, but why don't we start the sermon off with a little poll. How many of you uh, online and here in church, raise your hand if you would just like to have a normal Christmas this year. Just normal, no weirdness, no pandemic, no any of this other stuff going on. Okay, that's, that's good. That's most of us. I just want a normal Christmas, but as I've been thinking, I'm not even sure exactly what I mean when I say I want a normal Christmas. Because I think back to different Christmases, and there's all kinds of Christmases that are a little odd and different. I remember when I was three years old, my family spent Christmas in Rochester, Minnesota, because my grandpa was hospitalized at Mayo, and so we spent that Christmas at the hospital. The story goes that there was one night, you know, I, I don't really remember it that much, but my parents have told me the stories over the years. On Christmas Eve, we were getting in a taxi cab to drive from to drive from the hospital back to the hotel, and we got a really crabby taxi driver. It was a stormy night, and so we got into the cab, we piled into the back of the cab, <laughs> no car seats or seatbelts. It was the early 80s, you know? And so there we were, and the cab driver started on this rant about what a terrible night it was, terrible weather, nothing going on, no one's out and about, this is the worst night. So it was kind of quiet after his rant. And that's when my three-year-old little voice chimed in and I said, but it's Jesus' birthday. It didn't go over great. Uh, Like my sermon still today, sometime it got mixed reviews that night. My mom loved it, as she always does. I love my sermons, but uh, the taxi cab driver wasn't so impressed with my little uh, sermon that day. But I think about that Christmas and I think, gosh, Christmas in the hospital, was, was that a normal Christmas? Or there was a Christmas where I flew on Christmas Eve across the country. It was the year I graduated from Concordia College. I had graduated and was uh, the day, I graduated in December. And so it was the day after graduation, I set off on a cross-country road trip. But I went on this cross-country road trip, not with a couple of college buddies, like would have made maybe some sense. But instead, I went with a couple of my professors Doctors Joan and Wendell Buckley, who were 82 and 76. Uh, Wendell was his 82-year-old music professor, Joan an English professor, and they were characters. They both wore these thick-rimmed glasses, were kind of short and little and moved slow, but they were full of energy and spunk, eccentric. In a year, I can't even imagine how much hair dye they went through. It was a lot. Uh, I loved them. And over the years, I had uh, helped them with odds and ends projects around their house, doing fall cleanup, cleaning out their gutters, those kinds of things. And so in that way, it wasn't that weird that they asked me to help drive them across the country. It was still kind of weird that after college graduation, I set off on this road trip with them because at age 76, Joan had decided she was going to take a few months off of teaching. She was going on sabbatical and going to spend the spring out in California where their daughter lived. And they wanted their car, but they also wanted to get there by Christmas. So here comes the young driver to help get them out there by Christmas. And we did. We made it. So I remember waking up that Christmas Eve morning in Palo Alto, California. It was beautiful and nice. And then I got on an airplane and made a few connections and ended up landing in Minot, North Dakota, 
where it was not sunny and beautiful and nice, where my parents picked me up and we went straight to the little country church that I grew up going to for worship. And I sat there that night holding my little candle, singing Silent Night and thinking, holy cow, I was in California this morning. (laughs) Is this a normal Christmas? Or in 2011, my wife Annie and I were actually living in Minot, North Dakota at that time. And that was the year there was a big flood in Minot, and so our house had flooded. And so that Christmas, we couldn't live in our house. Instead, we lived in a FEMA trailer. You've maybe seen those on TV when natural disasters come through. They're like, you know, these little kind of white mobile home units. That was our home, so we'd strung Christmas lights on it that Christmas. And that year, instead of throwing money in the little Salvation Army kettle that are outside all the stores, the Salvation Army came by and gave us a Walmart gift card to help brighten our holiday. Man, was that a normal Christmas? Or remember the Christmas where we had a family friend, a dear family friend, die shortly before Christmas. And so that week of Christmas, we packed into a church not for a joyful Christmas service, but for a funeral. And that whole season, that whole every kind of family and festive gathering that we had, had just this kind of air of sadness that just lingered. Was that a normal Christmas? You maybe get where I'm going with this. I'm guessing that all of you could share stories of different kind of odd, strange, funny, sad Christmases. And it kind of brings me to the point, like, what is a normal Christmas? What do we even mean by that? Because in reality, I think every year, Christmas has just been a little different. The people who are there has changed. Where we gather has changed. What we do has changed. Every Christmas has been a little different. And so it brings me back to thinking, what do I even mean when I say I want a normal Christmas? Because believe me, I do. I think this is it. What I really want when I say I want a normal Christmas is I want it to be predictable. No surprises, unless they're a really fun surprise, but predictable. I want it to be familiar. This is where those traditions come in. I want there to be no drama, okay? No drama. I want time with loved ones, a good amount of time with loved ones. The per- not too much, not too much, just the right amount of time with loved ones, time full of fun and joy and no weariness. Let's not get worn down and tired at Christmas. And so that's the normal Christmas that I want. But if I'm being honest and look at all the Christmases through my whole life, I don't know if I've ever had a Christmas that checked every box that was the perfect normal Christmas that I long for this year and every year. I don't think I've ever had that perfect normal Christmas. And what's more, as we gather for church to celebrate the birth of Jesus, that very Christmas story isn't exactly this kind of normal Christmas either. Because after all, Mary and Joseph and all these characters, they had a pretty wild experience. That story and their experiences in it were unpredictable, unfamiliar. There was full of drama. Uh, Mary and Joseph are alone, away from family and friends. This story was full of weariness. And so I think when I look at a Christmas story like that, you know, I look at this Christmas scene, the nativity, and I think, yeah, that's a normal Christmas. It looks familiar, and so I don't really give it much of a second thought. I think, yeah, that's, that's the story. But I think the reality of it is when we slow down and listen to the story, 
is there some weary people in this story having a weary life experience? Because Mary and Joseph, they're this young, unmarried couple who, you know, they're young and unmarried and they're, they're, she's with child. And so all of a sudden they've spent the whole pregnancy getting the judgment and shame from everyone who sees them. Every time they're out in public, those eyes linger on Mary's belly just a little too long so that Mary and Joseph know what they're thinking. What's worse is in the last month of pregnancy, they find out they have to make a cross-country road trip. Not a fun one with a couple of old professors, but just them. (laughs) They have to go, and they end up in this unfamiliar place with no room at the end, giving birth in in an unfamiliar barn. I think it's worth pausing to just remember that Mary was a real woman giving birth to a real child in a barn. (laughs) I've been there for the birth of our children. I think my wife is a superhero for it, but there were doctors and nurses there, not just me. (laughs) But this is Joseph and Mary giving birth to a child. I'm not sure she looked that good a few hours later. I'm not so sure she was so happy to see those shepherds come wandering in because these shepherds, after all, are these tired, overworked people who, like, they live in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. They're hardworking, overtired, get woken up in the middle of the night by angels telling them to, hey, go check out this baby that was born. And so there they go. It looks pretty great, but I'm guessing it had to have been a little more awkward. On top of that, then shortly after, the wise men come riding in on their camels, and they couldn't be a more different group than everyone else who's already there. Because while uh, the shepherds are poor and Mary and Joseph don't have a whole lot to their name, these wise men are these wealthy, rich, well-respected people from a far foreign country, far off place. And yet, even though they have it all, they're missing something. They're looking for a deeper sense of purpose or something in their life that's just missing, so much so that it leads them to go on this long journey. And so there they end up all together, this unlikely cast of characters in this nativity scene. And all of this is taking place in the midst of really deep political division. The Roman Empire has come in and conquered this area. And so there is all kinds of political strife between families and leaders who don't trust each other and don't like each other. I don't know if you can even imagine what it would be like to live in a time of deep political division. Can you even imagine? I bet so. (laughs) That is the weariness of the world as Jesus is born. If you're looking for a nice, normal, peaceful, perfect Christmas story, I don't know that this is the story. If you're looking for normal in the story that is predictable, familiar, with no drama, just lots of time with loved ones, fun and joy and weariness, the Christmas story might not be the story for you. But if you are feeling weary this Christmas... Uh, If this year you are feeling a little weary from the long laundry list of all the things in our lives that are not normal right now, if you're feeling weary from that, this story might be for you. It is for you. This Christmas story is a story of that weariness, and I can promise you, you are not alone in it. You are not alone in this weariness. For one, I am with you. I am feeling weary this Christmas. We are with you, and Emmanuel, God, is with you. Because the promise of the Christmas story is that God doesn't just push aside the weariness of the world and just ignore it, but rather God enters into our weariness, bringing hope, bringing peace, bringing love. 
and even bringing a little joy. This Christmas probably isn't going to be exactly normal in the way that I and maybe we all want it to be. But the good news of the Christmas story is that no matter the circumstances, God shows up. That peace, that hope, that love and joy of God show up. Sometimes we might have to look for it a little harder because there's some heavy things going on, but it is there. And so this day, because also we are those spirit bearers, we are that incarnation as a part of God's presence in this world. Not only do we get to experience that hope, love, and peace of God, but we get to share it with others this Christmas and always. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us. You can find more information about Elk River Lutheran Church at our website, elkriverlutheran.org. And if you'd like to give to support this podcast and the other ministries of the church, just click that Give button at the top of the homepage. Thanks again, and have a great week. Don't take money, don't take fame, but it might just save your life to be powered by love.